Welcome back to San Antonio in Norman tonight. The Sooner men's basketball team back in action. They get Central Arkansas tonight. We are joined by head coach Porter Moser on game day. Good morning, coach. Morning, Toby. How was your Christmas, sir? You know, Toby, my Christmas was great. I, uh, I've always um, been, I speak on it too when I speak about balance. And, you know, in my profession, a lot of everybody's out there listening to this profession. You know, there's always times it gets crazy and you got to prioritize and be intentional with balance with family, your faith, your friends, and your job. And this was a great time to do it. I say all that, and I struggled with it. <laughs> I struggled with it because, you know, I didn't, we left from the North Carolina game, and the, we let the players go their own way. And uh, it's one of the only good NCAA rules they, they make is that we're allowed to pay for them in the last game to go home if you're on the road. So we kind of schedule road games so we can pay for them to go home. And uh, so I didn't see them until we got back. And that just game just festered in my belly um, about that game. And um, so I, I had a great Christmas, a long answer to a great Christmas. But I had, I had to prioritize balance and enjoy it because uh, that thing's been sticking in my belly. I understand. When you got one of those games that you got to sit on for a week or more than a week in this case, boy, you'd sure rather win them than lose them. We'll talk about Carolina here in a second. What was the kind of the schedule for the team? What, what's the structure been like the last week or so for them? So we played the 20th, and uh, it was a late game, so we got out of there. So um, we had a, a charter flight. So everybody who was going back to Norman went on the plane, and then I had my operations coach and another coach that were going their own way stayed with the rest of the guys. And then the rest of them, so a lot of the parents were there. They got to go with their parents, so they flew out right from Charlotte. So that was the 20th. And then the, the, they had off the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th. And then we brought him back on day five to 25th. And I mean, I don't know how much time I got on your show, but I tell you what, this is the craziest NCA story. I feel like calling all those media people that love railing the NCA. You got all the you time know, you I, want. All right, listen to this. This is crazy. I'm probably going to get in trouble for even saying it. All right, there's a rule that says you have to give them off one day a week. Whatever day your week starts, you got to give them off one day a week. Now, during the holidays, there's no limit on how many hours you can practice. So we normally we get 20 hours. So during the holidays, we can go as long as we want. Right? We're not in school. But we still have to give them a day off. So we, we gave them four, five, four days off in a row. So we brought them back Christmas night. We wanted to do some shooting, some skill, watch the film, get it behind us so that on the 26th we could start talking about Central Arkansas. But we, that, was the, that was Monday was Christmas. So we had to give them that day off. We couldn't do anything that night. So we put, we petitioned the NCAA. We gave away, but we said, hey, Monmouth, it's a long story, but Monmouth had to play on that day. We had to move Central Arkansas to the 28th. So their AD wrote a letter saying, hey, we couldn't play that day. We had to do it here. We petitioned. Can we just, we just gave them four days off in a row. Can we do it? They absolutely denied the waiver. I said, you're, you're accepting all these waivers about double transfers for no reason. And we got our waiver denied to practice for an hour after he just gave him four days off. Wow. How about that? Wow. Wow. Crazy. That, crazy. that is crazy. So you got back on the 26th then? No. Well, we, they, they got in town uh, Christmas so that we went, we went a long one on 26th. We had, we had weights in the morning. We had a workout, um, and then we had film. Then we gave them a break, and then we went a double session that night again. So we, that, that 26th was, a, was a, a long day for them. But we, we, we lifted in the morning. 
we had a workout in the morning just to get their second win, and then we watched an hour of tape of getting better from the Carolina game. Um, and then yesterday we had a practice um, in, in the morning, and then I brought the whole team to my house for like a Christmas dinner. We watched our, our night before scouting tape at my house with the team. We watched it all over here. about uh, And then we had a big Christmas dinner here nice. at my house last night. We got a shoot around today and game today at 6. Nice, nice. What, what was your takeaway from, from Carolina? Is that um, there's reasons why you, I, I thought we completely beat ourselves, and that's not taking anything away from Carolina. Um, I think they're an elite team. They played with a vengeance. Carolina did. Uh, they just got off a loss to back-to-back to UConn and Kentucky, and they played that way. Um, and so it's not to take away anything from them, but you know we didn't we didn't play like like, like we play. Um, we got in a, a, a rut in the first half where. One guy went one on one, then it just it just snowballed. We didn't pass it like we normally do. We dribbled too deep into the paint um, and had turnovers that led to baskets. We got down twelve two, um, and we didn't we didn't turn it until I got him in halftime. And uh, in terms of how we were moving the ball, I thought we moved the ball much better in the second half. Um, we had some defensive breakdowns from our standpoint. Um, R.J. Davis was elite. He was a first team All American. He played that way. Um, I thought he had some big shots down the stretch, but he, other than that, he had huge passing too. When you watch the tape, he made some unbelievable passes out of the trap, like cross court to the opposite corner for a three. Like you got to give up something when you're trapping like that, and he found that something. Um, so I, I felt we beat ourselves. I felt um, you know low assists, high turnovers. That's not a great recipe. Um, and with all that said, it was two forty-five left. We're down five. I mean. With yeah. all, and it was, it was, you were there. It was a road game. It, it, it was yeah. not a neutral site game. It was 17,000 Carolina blue. And uh, so with all that said, us not playing well, we kept fighting, kept trying to find a way to, to crawl back. And it was five points when RJ hit that fade three and uh, put it back up to eight. And so we had our opportunities not playing well. That's what we talked about. We talked about why, why we were, didn't, you know, the things that hurt us what we need to do and get to get better because they're, 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 they're really good. And, but so are we, and we didn't play well and we had our opportunities. They, the numbers at half were um, certainly uncharacteristic. As you said, two assists, I think at half, a lot of one-on-one basketball. I know that they defended you a little different than you've seen a, a lot of the year, no switching and things like that. Did the way they defended you lead into that? And, and if so, do you expect to see maybe more of that going forward? So the way they defended us, see, us driving the ball is, is, is been a good thing for us. Like, athletically, Otega driving it, JV on driving it. So, like, we, we've, we've got to understand if the gap closes, you've got to give yourself up. You've got to, you know, play off two feet and kick it, kick it. And what, what they did, and Green Bay did it too to us, is when we start driving, they just come flying in off other players and just dig and rake and swipe down. And that's what Carolina did. Like, so they're, they're, it, the, the gap looks open. We'd hit the gap. Jalen Moore happened three times. It hit the gap, and then when he put it on the deck, they came flying off another player and just digging right instead of kicking it when that happens. And we were just too antsy and eager. You've got you to be willing to kick it when they dig and rake and, and get them in a scramble. And we just went too far with an extra dribble, if that makes sense, and, and got, got, got it stolen, and then it turned into transition points. And uh, that was probably the biggest thing. And then it... And then 
what happens, not just with us, with a lot of teams, when, when, when you come down and you get two or three quick turnovers, then someone else is like, man, I had, had a touch in a while, and all of a sudden you know, they feel like they got to help the team out, and they got to go create. And it just kind of snowballed into two assists. I mean, instead of we're, we've been around eight, eight or nine at half times. I, um, I've been around some teams in the past where I, I remember a coach told me one time, my guys aren't mad enough after they lose. I'm not sure it I'm not sure how much it means to them. I, this is the first time your team has experienced a loss this year. You got them all back together a couple of days ago. How has your team reacted to the loss? How have they handled it? Well, I didn't see the immediate reaction cuz everyone left. Uh, I saw the locker room afterwards. They were the thing about it that I saw I saw um I did see a uh anger that they didn't play well they knew they knew like they knew the, the whole story about the assist we talked with they, they knew it they felt it and the thing about this team is like effort like preparation confidence they we have this, this mantra about having a respectful confidence i don't care if it's north carolina or central arkansas we respect we dive deep into the scout what do they do well how can we exploit it and i don't care if it's north carolina or new jersey or central arkansas these guys believed in every bone of their body they were going to win. Like, even in warm-ups or in announcements, they looked around. We, we, we saw what we saw. It was 17,000 baby blue all yelling. And, and the guys were coming out to go to the tip ball. We're like, there was confidence that we were going to win the game. They didn't play soft. We just didn't play well. We didn't, we didn't execute what we needed to do. Um, I didn't think we shot free throws. We, we Three times we missed back-to-back free throws. That's uncharacteristic. In the stretch, we were two for ten from the foul line in the second half, and it still was five. And uh, I think they feel it, it, we, we beat ourselves. And uh, and they're, they're, they, they, it, I didn't walk away saying, "Oh man, these guys don't care." One, <laughs> it was yeah. the complete opposite. Otega Owe had twenty three in that game. He's having a, a remarkable season for you. The the improvement from one year to the next has been uh, pretty incredible. Uh, what's the ceiling for? How good can Otega be? Uh, he's looking like a first-team All-Big 12-type guy already right now, and he's only a, a sophomore. Where can he go with this skill set? Well, continue um, in every area. That, that's the mantra I want for him. You know, we talked about his defense. Um, you know, he's becoming one of our better defenders. Um, you know, we got to do that consistently. And I don't think that was present in the Carolina game. Um, but I, I feel that he's – He's coming into his own in terms of becoming an elite defensive player. Offensively, he's got the ability. Rick Majerus used to always say this to recruits. He said, look at the stat. Top 10 in the NBA, top 10 in college of scores. They get 25% of their points for the foul line. He goes, look it up, look it up. And it's true. Like Kevin Durant was around 30 in his big scoring years. They know how to get to that foul line. Otega knows how to get to the foul line. He was, what, 10 for 11 against Carolina. So he had 10 of his 23 points from the foul line. So that stat keeps holding true. So that's the thing. That's the thing we want to get better with Milos. Milos doesn't get to the foul line. He's averaging eight and a half, and he hardly ever gets to the foul line with the ball in his hand. We're trying to get him to the physicality of going. Otega knows how to draw that foul. I really believe that his jump shot has come miles away. And the good thing about his jump shot is he's being selective with it. He still understands that if they get up close, he can drive by anybody. But he's, he's, not, he's knocking down that one where he's wide open. 
which becomes a bigger threat. Now they have to move out farther on him. That is huge. Um, his passing, his ball handling is so much better. It's less choppy. I mean, he's more fluid. I trust him coming off ball screens now. So he really worked, you know, this, this development program in the summer we got. I mean, he, was, he went after it. And uh, I just think he can keep taking steps up in all those areas. Two more quick questions. First off, Central Arkansas, your opponent tonight. Uh, what can you tell us about the Bears? Someone in Green Bay, they can shoot it. They, they got two six seven six eight wings that can really, really shoot it. And that's the kind of thing that makes teams dangerous like this is you can't let those, you can't have a night where a team's like 12 for 26 from the three-point line, you know, where they're, they're really getting like 36 points off 26 shots. You know, we, we've got to really guard that three-point line in transition. We have to impose our athleticism like we did against Green Bay. We're more athletic and longer. We've got to impose that. We've got to play like that. We can't let, you've got to take someone's confidence away by imposing your athleticism. There's nothing worse than having an athletic advantage lengthwise, everything, and not, not imposing it in the game and, and let another team play harder. So we've we got to impose our athleticism with our heart, our effort, our length. We've got to get transition points and offensive rebound points. Finally, uh, not to put you on the spot here a little bit, but obviously you weren't around here when Ryan Miner was a player, but a lot of uh, thoughts uh, about Ryan the last few days after his untimely passing. Do you have any memories of, of Ryan Miner back when he was a star here at Oklahoma? I remember that game when they beat Kansas and uh, watching that and watching him play and, and how, you know, the, the, the calmly he made those free throws. And, and uh, you know, just the, the thing that sticks out is the kind of person he was being that kind of star athlete. Like, he, he was just a humble, like, unbelievable guy. And, I mean, and he, how many guys make it to the NBA and the, and the major leagues? Like, that's, that's elite of elite category, to, to make it to the NBA and the major leagues. And uh, he did that with unbelievable character. Um, he's a, a, you know, a father of two daughters. He's a brother, husband. I mean, like, he just how he did things. And, you know, I, I always have this thing. How you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And how he did anything, you know, I didn't know him, but his legacy is how he did anything was first class. The way he treated people, the way he put his effort in his sports, the way he, how he carried himself, everything was, was first class with Ryan Miner. Early 90s, that was your A&M years, is that right? Is that when you were in A&M? Yes, yes. Yeah. It was, it was in the, we, uh, so I, I, I think he, we went into the Big 12 right after he was gone. Um, yeah. You know, because I was there A&M's first year in the Big 12. Uh, but, man, was he good. I mean, just watching, I remember watching it. You know, we were in the Southwest Conference at the time, but just watching him, you know, a long guy shoots it, like just the way he played. Really yeah. excellent player. And then for him to be a – a third baseman, you know, at that size. I mean, just, just remarkable. Yeah, yeah, remarkable player, remarkable human being. Six o'clock tonight, OU in Central Arkansas. You got quite the Sooner doubleheader coming your way tonight, Sooner Nation. Coach, thanks for your time. Good luck tonight. All right, thanks, Toby. Boomer. There you go. Porter Moser, OU Central Arkansas. It'll be Chad McKee and Kevin Henry on the call. Sooner Radio tonight, their pregame show will start at 5.30. We'll take a quick break here in San Antonio, headed down the stretch of a uh, T-Row in the morning show on game day. TJ's gut for the Alamo Bowl coming up next.